After hearing the two scriptural passages read today, I'm sure that the purpose of Jesus in telling the stories is crystal clear to you. Right? No? Well, many of us are asking, what the heck is this all about? Gates and doors. And that is precisely the reaction that Jesus intended when he told the stories. And to understand them, we need to first look at the intentional method used by Jesus in the majority of his teachings. He uses parables. The use of parables was the favorite method of teaching for Jesus. The word parable in Greek means to lay out side by side two things and compare them and then provoke thought on the meaning of the comparison. The two things that are laid out side by side in the teachings of Jesus are usually a story about everyday life in Palestine at the time. But then, in that story, there is a much deeper spiritual meaning that sometimes is very difficult to understand. He tells stories such as farming or fishing or gates and doors. And the spiritual meaning that is contained takes a lot of wrestling with it. That's exactly what Jesus intended. Sometimes we need to remember that at the time of Jesus there were no televisions, radios, textbooks, or Internet. So the methods of using parables were intended to teach and convey the meaning, especially by rabbis. This is a typical rabbinical method of teaching. In our first scriptural passage read by Grace, the description of the narrow door is something everyone listening to Jesus would have understood. At the time of Jesus, most cities and even large towns had walls built around them. They were for protection from the bad guys, invading armies or bandits. They were also to form a a protective barrier for the city itself, to mark the boundaries of the city. Now, any time there's a wall around a city, there has to be a door that people can go in and come out of. And they had that. They had doors that were usually two big ones that would open up, and everybody from the city would go in and out of them. However, in most of these cities and towns, there were usually two ways to get in. And the second one was through a very narrow door. And the reason for that is is that a horse couldn't pass through it, a camel couldn't pass through it, and an armed warrior could not pass through it. So when someone came to the narrow door and they had a camel, a horse, or a cart, or were dressed as a warrior, they would have to strip down the horse, strip down the camel, get everything out of the cart, and all of that would be looked at to make sure there were no weapons in them. And if there were weapons in them, then at the very least that would happen to them would be that they would be denied entrance. All of this caused by 
a narrow door. That's the easily understood common day story in the first parable of our scriptures for today. Now, imagine the lines that would form at a narrow door. And some people just don't deal well with lines. A well-known minister went to McDonald's for breakfast. And he, and from his car, he studied the menu and posted up on the sign, trying to figure out what he wanted to have. All of a sudden, this woman behind him started honking her horn and started saying some pretty ugly things, especially to a minister, because it was taking so long to place his order. So when he got to the order window, he paid for her order and his order. Then when the woman got to the the same window, she started leaning out of her window, waving to him, and as she began mouthing, thank you, thank you, thank you, and blowing kisses to him. Uh, Probably feeling pretty embarrassed that he had repaid her rudeness with kindness. When he got to the pickup window, he showed the receipt to the server, and he got his his, uh, meal. Thought about it for a minute. And then he showed the other receipt to the server, and he got her meal. And then he took great delight in driving out of the driveway and said, now you have to go back all the way to the end of the line. That's... The moral of that story is never, never make a minister mad. (laughs) Now, the spiritual side of the first parable is that the the wall presents us and the narrow door presents us an immediate choice. And Jesus repeatedly tells us what that choice is. To follow the easy way of the world or become one of his disciples and to follow the difficult road that will be required of us. In today's first scriptural passage, Jesus describes the difficult road he wishes us to follow. And he uses the words, strive to enter through the narrow door. Strive. I tell you, many will try to enter and not be able. Jesus also says that the door is not easily opened. He says we must strive to open it. The Greek word for strive is agony. And specifically the agony one suffers when one is in a competitive sporting event and uses all their energy and strength to compete. You have heard the statement made of an athlete who has just finished competing And someone says, wow, they just left everything they had on the field. So Jesus is telling us that becoming a follower of his will not be easy and will take all that we have and all that we do. In Matthew 7, 11 through 14, Jesus elaborates a little more on this concept by stating, Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy. That leads to destruction, and there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow, 
And the road is hard that leads to life, to life. And there are few who find it. Jesus is calling us to make a choice. And to be perfectly clear, he is calling us to take the difficult way. The challenge of this scriptural passage is both a warning and a promise. The warning is we must turn away from the deadly lure of acquisitions, greed, and self-serving materialism, the striving after success from self-centered lives of meaninglessness, the seeking of prestige and attention. The promise is the way to discipleship with Jesus is that through the narrow door and we leave all of the luggage I just described outside. It doesn't come through the door with us because that does not fit into being a disciple of Jesus. In our second passage for today, read by Kristen, Jesus tells us about another entrance way, the gate into what is called a sheepfold. What the heck is a sheepfold? At the time of Jesus, much of Palestine was rugged and arid, empty land. And so shepherds had to travel along, had to travel long distances to find good grazing for their sheep. At the end of the day, they could not be returned home because there were many miles from home. Therefore, the shepherds erected crude enclosures for their sheep to safely spend the night. They were called sheep folds, and they dotted the land all around Palestine. They were made of brush and small logs being piled on top of each other in a rough circle that was for the sheep. And leaving an opening in that circle called the gate. In the sheepfold, the shepherd's flock would be safe from predators because there was no actual gate in the sheepfold. The shepherd would lie down in the opening and be the gate. Nothing could get in or get out without the shepherd knowing about it. The the spiritual side of this, of this parable, Jesus describes a situation to which his audience could readily relate. The relationship between a shepherd and his flock. At the time of Jesus, no flock of sheep ever grazed without a shepherd. And he was never off duty. In addition, there was great danger presented to the sheep by wild animals, especially wolves who would strike the flock in an organized pack and steal off some of the sheep. Another danger came from thieves and robbers who would gladly steal some of the very valuable sheep. To deal with all this danger, a shepherd was frequently described as a person of constant vigilance, fearless courage, and patient love. Perhaps these characteristics are why God is frequently referred to in the Old Testament as the shepherd for the nation of Israel. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
Other passages state, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. This picture passes over into the New Testament where Jesus is repeatedly described as the good shepherd who risked his life to save one lost sheep. Or he has pity on the people because they are as sheep without a shepherd. This parable also describes the nature of the relationship between the shepherd and his flock. At the time of Jesus, sheep were kept primarily for their wool and not for their meat. Therefore, the sheep were often with the shepherd for years, and they really got to know each other. The sheep got to know the shepherd, the, the shepherd got to know the sheep, and the sheep got to know the shepherd by his voice. They would not respond to anyone else's voice. It would only respond to his. With this background, Jesus created a vivid picture of the good shepherd who has a deep, loving concern for his flock. And the flock will respond to his loving care and follow him anywhere. Rick did a pretty good job today. Did you notice that? I thought he was going to go outside or something, but he didn't didn't do that. Those that Jesus was speaking to didn't understand the deeper spiritual meaning of this parable. Shepherd and a flock, what's the deeper understanding? So Jesus attempts to explain that meaning to his listeners. In his explanation, he plainly applies the parable to himself. He begins by saying, quote, I am the gate. Using this story, Jesus was explaining to us that he was the gate or the door that leads to God. As the Apostle Paul said, through him we have access to the Father. To describe part of the significance of the gate that Jesus was talking about, he uses a well-known Hebrew phrase when he says that through him we can always go out and come in to be safe. To be able to come in and go out safely was the Hebrew way of describing a life that is safe in God, a life that is secure in God. From that safety and security, one can gain the power and the courage and the strength to deal with any of life's pressures or problems. So what do these two parables of the narrow door or the gate mean to us in our everyday lives. They mean we are called to strive, strive to live our lives as Jesus lived, with courage, insight, joy, and above all, compassion. Stating in terms of everyday living, it is an invitation to forgive 70 times 70 someone else, to turn the other cheek, to share our wealth, lay down our lives for our friends, take up our crosses daily, be constant in prayer and thankful in every circumstance of life, to be free, truly 
free from fear and anxious preoccupation. We are called to strive to love our Lord, our God, with all our heart and mind and soul and strength that only comes from God. And we are to love our neighbors as ourselves. Love our neighbors as ourselves. This is how we get through the narrow door or the gate of Jesus. We will be successful. Will we be successful every time? Absolutely not. But we are called to keep striving. How do we do that? By becoming the disciples of Jesus Christ. And in that role as disciples, continue to strive to get through the door or get through the gate. And along the journey to do so, bring others along with us. Bring others through the narrow door of the sheepfold gate. Let it be so. And let us begin today. Amen.